Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get down to business. Hey guys, welcome to the PTBC Podcast. This is Justin, and I'm joined by my lovely colleague, Sarish. How are you doing, man? Good, good. So today we have a very special guest today, Jesse Awanis. He's an FCAM physiotherapist and quite the athlete. Interesting fact, all the way back in 2005, Jesse represented Canada in Chile at the Pan American Maccabee Games, and he won a silver medal in basketball. He still brings his silver medal around with him every year today. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, Jesse is the co-owner of Synergy Sports Medicine and Rehabilitation with two locations, one in the East End and one in the West End of Toronto. In addition to their physical therapy services, they also provide a wide range of special services like vestibular rehab, manual lymphatic drainage massage, and acupuncture. For more details, you can visit www.synergysportsmedicine.com. All right, let's get down to business. How are you doing today, Jesse? Really well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Can you tell us a little bit more about your journey into the physical therapy world and how you got here? Yeah, so my father is actually a chiropractor, so I've been around like the rehab world for a long time, and uh, I knew from a young age that I couldn't do like a desk job. I couldn't sell a product, I couldn't work at like an insurance company, just I'm too ADD for that. I like sports, I always was like dissecting like my chicken, looking at all the bones when I was a kid, <laughs> and so I thought about what I should do. Um, and I ended up going to York for kinesiology. New York. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so I did that, and I still wasn't quite sure in terms of what Ray wanted to take. Um, going through the, the first, second year of the program, I first thought I wanted to become a chiropractor like my dad because I met some cool chiropractors. Like I'm, I'm good friends with some of the guys at sport performance centers, like Spina and such. Um, he kind of talked to me a lot and showed me that um, there are a lot of great chiropractors who are super smart out there. Um, but after I dug a little deeper, I just realized it wasn't just wasn't for me the whole the whole thing. So I decided um, to do physio. I actually, ironically, um, in undergrad playing basketball, I hurt my back, and uh, I went to the physio clinic on York. And this is before I knew anything about the profession. And my physio was Barham Jam. I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if anyone doesn't know, Barham Jam is pretty well known, at least Ontario and Canada, for teaching postgrad physio courses. And he's very his way of doing things is pretty great, in my opinion. He's funny. He has a knack for summarizing detailed concepts in a way that's digestible. And uh, I remember him being super personable, super funny, and. Uh, he just exuded passion for what he did. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then I was like Googling like how to get into, was there Google then? So I was doing something uh, <laughs> as, to, as to how to get into physio school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, I got to start studying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's what I ended up. Like I uh, took a year off and then I applied to physio school and I got in. Um, so that was my kind of my, my journey to get into physio school. Mm-hmm. So how did you get here to co-owning uh Synergy. Um, well, it's going to be a long story. Um, <laughs> I've been doing this for like, oh, almost eight and a half years now, I think. Yeah. Um, so I ended up, I'll fast forward my first job. Uh, I started at Synergy after I think I was like two years out of mm-hmm. physio school. I was on a level course, a uh, level two course, and one of the instructors or co-instructors uh, kind of grabbed, took, me, took me aside and said, hey, I like you, I like what, you, I like what you're doing, I like what you're saying, like... Uh, are you interested in working? Are you interested in a job? And you know, the, the budding entrepreneur will always listen to opportunity. I said, um, let me hear what, what, what it's all about. And at that point, Synergy on the West End um, was only about a year or so old, just, just kind of getting off its feet and growing. Um, and I was already looking for a change. I worked at a clinic up north in, uh, in Markham, and I decided that there were a lot of things in that clinic that I wasn't particularly fond of, and I was already, in my mind, kind of deciding I wanted out, and when this position was made available, or sorry, I, I interviewed for it, um, and I met with uh, Dr. Raza Awan, who's the medical director and sports med physiatrist that uh, does the medical side of things at the clinic. We had uh, my first interview there was like two and a half hours. We just like talked and talked, and 
Um, it went really well, and I kind of got a good vibe from him, and I got a good vibe from the clinic. It was looks nothing like it did then. Now it's re renovated beautifully, but I liked the the approach they had. I liked the idea of multidisciplinary care, and the the passion they exuded for getting outcomes was like very palpable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I got, luckily I got hired, and I worked at that clinic at the West End for almost four years. Um, Sorry, the question, you want to know how I became a part owner yeah. as well? Okay. So I worked at Synergy for four years, building up my clinical acumen and just kind of figuring things out and kind of de developed more of like a leadership role there by osmosis. Like I said, I had, like when a new physio started and they needed help with clinical cases, I ended up mentoring more like as time went on. And I was kind of spinning my wheels a little, a little bit. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's good. I was kind of spinning wheels a little bit. I was so happy that I was doing, but I'm the kind of person that always likes a challenge. I always like what's next, what's going on, what's what's go, what's next um, professionally. Mm -hmm. And uh, a colleague of mine, who I also ironically met at Level Course, worked at another clinic uh, on King West, mm -hmm. and she called me. She's like, "Hey, we want to talk to you about uh, coming over here." So they tried to like poach me, as it were. <laughs> and again, I listened. I said, "I'm like, what?" I'm like, "All right, I'll hear, I'll hear you out." So I went over to their clinic, which which is like a two-second walk from my uh, condo, which is kind of sweet, right around the corner. Mm -hmm. um, nice clinic, good spot, nothing, just all the good things to say about them. But um, I, they offered me the potential of an ownership position. They're like, we're opening another location of our clinic down the road, and we think that you'd be a good fit, possibly, of taking on at least uh, like a clinical director, something a little more than just treating patients, mm -hmm. which is what I wanted. I mean, I wanted that additional responsibility. So I said, all right, that's really great. I'm like, I'll let you guys know. Uh, my allegiance was with Synergy, because I still think, I, I still hold them in the highest regard, and now I'm part of them, so I hold myself in the highest regard. But I uh, I, um, I went back to the, the owners, the powers that be at Synergy, and I told them, I said, hey, this is what I was offered. My, my allegiance with you guys. Uh, um, I love working here. I love what you guys do. But I'm, like, I have to admit, like I want the next level, the next challenge. So I uh, talked to them for a while, and they were like, Oh, you have an interest in opening a clinic? You you want that? And I was like, Yeah, I do. They're like, Why don't you tell us? They're like, We were they were within about they, they said I was a year early. They were planning on do asking me a year a year later mm -hmm. if I wanted to buy in to open up the next location. They're like, But if you want to do it now, we'll we'll do it. We'll we'll get it, we'll get the ball rolling now. And I said, Yeah. So we we got the ball rolling and we talked about the specifics and the the meetings upon meetings upon meetings about hashing out the details and. We bought the uh, we bought the uh, the um, the the location on the east end, and we renovated it, and here we are. So, what did you do to prepare yourself for that role? Because uh, I assume that you know when you when that comes, you, you I don't know how you felt at that moment, but um, yeah, how did you prepare for that? I've been preparing myself for a clinic ownership since I was like a new grad. I always viewed, and I, I talked about this, I did a talk for um, a thing called PT Nights Out. Yeah. Uh, for PT Nights Out, last week at my clinic, and I said the same thing I'm going to say now, is I always viewed my room within the clinic as uh, my personal business. So if I worked for the clinic up north, uh, the clinic had, a cert, had, had their name, and then within that my own office, I was Jesse Physio Incorporated. So I always view, like, Yes, the clinic has their goals, which I completely wanted to adhere to and kind of, you know, work towards. But I had my own goals about like marketing myself, uh, building my own caseload. I always, from a young, from a young physio age, like new grad, I always, I didn't want to rely on other people to uh, feed me patients all the time. I wanted to build my own word of mouth, and and then I took an interest in this reading about kind of business. I, I always found myself looking at the numbers and not from like a, um, not from like a. Oh, I got to ask my patient's point of view, but I just want to see how it worked. Like for, I remember like my third week at the clinic, I not, I saw the one of the front desk staff like ordering therabands and ordering tissue, a paper, and I was like, so how do you order? What do you do? Like, what's the process mm -hmm. behind that? Like, how do you do? What forms do you use? Just like, why do you want to know? I'm like, I don't know. That's good. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I did more of that at Synergy, and when the position was uh, presented to me, I felt like I had a decent understanding. I still had and have a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. There is a, once you actually once you're in the driver's seat, it's a different animal. Mm -hmm. There's there are so many unforeseen um, kind of 
things that jump out at you that you didn't even, you can't, you, I don't even think you can plan for. You kind of have to be willing to learn on the fly. I will say the biggest challenge for me, this, I will say the single biggest challenge for me from going from a, a independent contractor role within Synergy to an ownership role at Synergy um, was definitely, I'm going to put this, the, the biggest challenge I would say was being okay with not knowing every little detail. When I, I, I'm the kind of person that wants to know everything. Anytime I'm even a contract, I want to read every word. I want to highlight. I want to circle. There's no, I don't want no surprises. But when you're inundated with uh, four to five different kind of contracts a day almost for things you have to do, you kind of have to hope people that you're starting yourself with um, have your interests, best interests at heart. Unfortunately, that's been the case so far. I've been very blessed in that respect. Um, so I kind of had to let go a little bit. That was a, I'm a, I'm type A. I wanted to make sure everything was as I think most of us are here. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's been it's been good. I'm sure we'll talk about it going forward. So you mentioned um, as a new grad, you kind of refined your clinical skills while working to improve your leadership and business skills. I was just wondering how you're able to um, balance, like trying to master both these skills, and secondly, going back towards buying into the clinic, would you, what would you do differently, if at all, anything? Okay, so your first question was, how did I balance both building my clinical skills and my business skills? Um, I would say from a clinical skills point of view, I remember, um, even in physio school, I remember reading blogs from like Mike Reynold, Eric Cressy, um, Mike Robertson, um, and just kind of enjoying the uh, the learning process, I uh, was the one of the class reps from my physio program, and I helped organize courses. Like um, I was like, I know I'm like as like a you know also like financially savvy person in that I was told that you know if you uh, organize like a McKenzie level A and you get X amount of people sign up, you get the course for free. I was like, I get it for free. <laughs> so uh, great deal. I was like, I was like, everyone should take this, and, and it was, and so uh, we did. I organized it, and we had like sixty, at least fifty to sixty people take McKenzie Level A at, the, at our at our, uh, at our physio school. Um, I helped organize like a soft tissue course, that kind of thing, and then I did some acupuncture courses along the way. Um, my close friends, like my physio friends, people that I still hang out with all the time from physio school, will definitely say. Um, if I had a t-shirt, it would read, I can't, I'm on a course because <laughs> back in, I haven't done so much recently, but when I was a new grad, I, I was pounding through a lot of continuing education, um, because, uh, I wanted to feel like I had as much of an opportunity to get the clinical outcomes I wanted and provide that for my patients as possible. Um, and from a business point of view, um, it just kind of happened organically. I, I just kind of always thought about, um, okay, what square footage of the clinic do we need to have for maximizing uh, revenue or profit? Like if, if the gym is the gym, which my clinic has, and I would not work in a clinic that didn't have a, a gym that had a good, decent amount of space. Um, but again, I always thought about, okay, so the while the gym is great, the clinic, the gym area is too big. It's not really billable space, whereas a clinic treatment room, much smaller, but the, the cost per square foot uh, so the revenue you generate per square foot is much higher and um, in treatment room versus the gym and how you balance that to that out. Um, just I always thought about that kind of stuff, just even just in my spare time. Mm-hmm. Um, and only later would I say I got a little more organized with how I actually figured out a way to uh, develop more of like a business sense. Um, I'm also fortunate, to be honest, and part of my part of the ownership team of Synergy. There's another person that works at Synergy. He's not a healthcare professional. He's just like we call him like we call him a numbers guy. <laughs> he he's been amazing. He's been very very. He he thinks about problems before they come up, and he's really good about troubleshooting. And he has been uh, probably I'll say a bold thing right now the most uh, impactful person. In terms of me doing this, than I've uh, that I've had that I, I probably wouldn't be doing this um, had he not be on the synergy team because he he has been the like the the beacon, the sounding board, the problem solver. The uh, if I was like frustrated with something, I could go to him and kind of vent, and he didn't take it personally. Where other people on the team might, 
get a little like pissy with me. Whereas he would say, all right, I hear what you're saying. Let's talk about it. Let's grab a coffee. Let's talk, let's, let's talk it over. Let's, let's, let's hash it out. And he's, he's always about, like, how can we fix this? What's, how, what's, what's, as opposed to just taking things personally in a business, you really can't take things personally. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to, but you can't. You got to be very, um, realize there's personal relationships and there's business relationships. And with, uh, with this individual, he has been uh, uh, super helpful in, uh, in helping me through the business aspect of owning a clinic. So to follow up on that, do you think that from your perspective, a clinic um, for someone who's running a clinic or who's opening a clinic, they should invest in someone who's a numbers guy? I guess it depends on your background is as, as like a, as a physio. I don't think we get a ton of training in that in physio school. I, however, do know some physios that just, I just have a knack for that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think I, I did as well as much. I, I, I kind of, I, I'm not um, naive, and I always, anytime I'm presented with a question that is numbers related, I'm pretty good about like sitting down for a second and mulling it over and just thinking, does this, does this make sense? And thinking about projections, like how will this, how will this play out if I say yes or no, or if I, if I, uh, if I go forward with any kind of numbers-based thing we have to talk about, whether it's a rent split or whether it's ordering more equipment. Um, but to ha- for me, to have that have that sounding board who, and straight up, uh, knowing how successful the first clinic went, Synergy, for how it came from virtually nothing to where it is now, how it's grown and how, how they've also grown in a really respectful way. Like patients are treated top-notch. There's been no underhanded... There's, they're as ethical as like they come. There's no insurance, smoke, fraud, none of that nonsense. It's very, very, very up and up. And seeing how the decisions were made with that clinic, I also realized like this guy knows what he's doing. So if there's something I just don't know, mm-hmm. or I'm like, what do you think about this? And he says, this is what we should do. I'm very, very, very quick to, to agree. <laughs> I don't, I don't really second guess. Yeah. Um, just to build off of Serge's question, um, do you have any tips for individuals that maybe looking to buy in when co-owning a clinic that you're working at right now? Sure. Um, The best thing you could do is make yourself an asset. Uh, I think if there are a lot of physios, and again, like I would, there are a lot of physios who uh, go into a clinic, work through nine to five and go home. They Mm -hmm. they just go in, they treat, they leave. Um, They don't, they don't really, they don't really do anything like for their business. I mean, I guess they do because they're treating the patients in the clinic, which is good. And if they're treating them well, it's good for the business. But you, you got to take on an ownership or leadership role, even though and the last thing you want to do is think about money. If you want to be like, if I'm mentoring, do I get paid for that? Do I get more money? I understand that's a thought process. Like your time is valuable. I understand that. But I thought I was like, I just want to like, if I'm presented with the opportunity to do an in-service or if I'm, if I'm presented with the opportunity to mentor other staff, I rarely, if ever, asked about, oh, do I get more money for this? Mm-hmm. I was like, I like this clinic. I like being here. If it helps out, then great. Um, and I'm a shining example of what that can do for you. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of gave me a pretty good opportunity, I'd say. And they, the clinic, the original owners of Synergy saw that in me. And they said, this is somebody we trust with uh, our brand. And uh, we trust with uh, the responsibility of building up a new team and seeing what I did there. And just being kind of altruistic about it. Um, so advice-wise, I would say to anyone who's thinking about wanting to buy into another clinic um, is make yourself an asset and uh, show the, the current ownership that you have the ability to do that. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll kind of go from there. I definitely agree with the mentorship piece. I think it's really important to kind of put an investment in someone else and it's a bit of an investment in yourself too, right? You're you're learning uh, throughout the process. Oh yeah, when yeah. I mentored, when I mentored other staff, like it's funny what I mentored them on too. Like I'm currently mentoring some some physios at my current clinic on like the manual therapy stuff, um, but so often we talk a little bit about that, and we talk more about a lot of like the therapeutic alliance stuff, mm-hmm. like how to like we, I spend more time I find mentoring that stuff now with my staff because they they are now learning or have known or will, I don't know that I'm. Uh, I do a lot of that and I've had success in my clinical practice and caseload management and uh, getting like the, the good 
five out of five Google reviews and that kind of stuff. Uh, and there are people, I think the physios are like, hey, how do I do that? Like, what, what am I not doing? Or do you have any tips for that? Mm-hmm. So people want to learn more so uh, that stuff than they yeah. do just the, uh, the hands-on stuff. Which I'm happy to teach. Mm-hmm. I, I can teach someone how to, you know, crack it back in five seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the other stuff actually takes more time, like how to, how to really teach someone how to build that alliance and how to... Uh, what I call them making fans for life, like making your fan, like making uh, patients feel like this is the person that I only want to see. And I'm going to rave to my friends and family about this person. Like if anyone needs anything from uh, any little ache or sprain or sports injury or whatever, you got to go see my guy. Mm-hmm. I, I have a, a knack for mentoring a staff on how to build that rep- relationship with their patients. So I'm doing a lot of that these days. It's good. Do you yeah. have any systems that you have in place for that? For that, for the mentorship, yeah. Other formal... than other than yeah, like I, I'm fortunate that one of my physios, at the my, uh, he works at both locations, but more so mine now. He he's like really good. He's yeah. really good about like he's very organized. He's very uh, he's very he's a keener, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, okay, I want to mentor with you. I want book book him the schedule every week. So he books in he, like in my schedule. It's booked almost every week, every other week now, uh, an hour. We, I guess I go to work an hour early and the way he's ready to go, we usually, he's usually eating lunch and we're just like talking for a while. Just like telling me about your week, telling me about um, the patients, any, any concerns, do you have any troublesome cases you want to run through with me? And he'll do that and he'll say, I got this one patient and I just kind of, kind of go back and forth with ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then we usually go into one of the rooms and we do some stuff like hands on. Like he's still, he's finished up to his level threes. He's going to go into his fours and he wants to just get better at certain techniques. So I'm happy to help him with that any way I can. Um, so it's, as for us, it has to be planned. It can't just be spur of the moment. And as we grow, like the trouble is, growth is a beautiful thing, but it has to be um, organized growth. Mm-hmm. And I have to, there has to be ways of, I want to help my staff be the best therapists they can be. And, I want to be able to um, mentor even when we have, right now, unfortunately, we don't have that many, we only have two, three other physios. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we grow, we'll have more and more uh, varied staff, I think. And I want to be able to talk to them all. And it's just about finding that time. Because right now I'm still treating five days a week full time because I'm still like, you know, building the clinic. Um, but if the time is set in, I try and, I try and make it work as best as I can. Oh, yeah, so um, you have a, you offer a lot of unique services at your clinic. Um, how do you find the best professionals for these unique services, and how do you implement um, these wider variety of services into your own clinic operations? Yeah, so I mean, the, I don't know if that question is completely relevant to the new clinic yet, because right now we only have we have the sports medicine uh, physiatrist staff, and I, I, I don't have a whole lot to do with that. Yeah. We have a medical director who deals with more of that stuff. I still talk to them and meet them, yeah. but. I'm not as like involved with how that's processed, but I'm intricately involved in the admin staff hiring and the therapist hiring. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed a few chiropractors. I've interviewed a bunch of physios. Uh, I've inter- interviewed some like Pilates movement staff. Um, who else have I interviewed? I think there's someone else in there. An osteopath mm-hmm. even. So we're kind of just, I call it like you know, building the bench a lot of like getting, yeah. getting, our, uh, getting our name out there and kind of making sure that we are, we are an option for people if they want to work. Um, for me, when I am looking for, for example, I'll say a physio because I've already hired a couple, uh, to make it easy, more relevant for our listeners. Uh, my interviews are very informal. I don't talk about your strengths, your weaknesses. Tell me a time when you were a leader. I mean, I guess that's, that can be relevant. I guess there's some people that find that stuff super important and that's fair, but my my test with with staff is can I grab a beer with you? Do I want to do I want to like do I want to like talk to you? Do I, do I feel like do I feel like we don't have to have everything in common because yeah. patients respond to different people and I don't have to do everything you do. I have some interest. In fact, I I want you to have other interests than mine. Yeah. But are you conversationalist? Because knowing what I know now about the therapeutic alliance, yeah. uh, and you have to be a conversationalist. You have to be well, be, be a little funny. Yeah, you, you got to be a little witty. Uh, you got to be uh, just personable. Yeah. And it's it's funny because uh, I don't really I, in my in my past I, when I was interviewing for jobs years ago, uh, there was like tryouts where they were like like mini oskies like patient on an interview it's like patient has a restriction of a the sal glide at C five six please show me how you mobilize that and I do it 
But looking back now, I laugh at that stuff. I just laugh. I'm like, all that stuff can be taught and be mentored on and like the intangibles, the, uh, are the stuff you can't necessarily teach as well. If it's, to an extent you can, but it's either you have it or you don't. Like, are you, people like you or they don't. So I, I look more for that stuff when I, when I hire my staff. I've been fortunate to find some good ones so far. Um, hopefully that, that, that continues. So you're teasing out the top soft skills yeah. a little bit more than the Exactly. Example. Soft skills yeah. are very important because the hard skills, I can, uh, I'm can. i very, very confident I can fill in the gaps. Um, you mentioned briefly uh, regarding doing a lot of courses post-graduation. Yeah. Um, you know, as physios who are going out uh, into the physio world, there's going to be a lot of courses that we want to enroll in. Um, one major one, obviously a big one in manual therapy and just uh, orthopedics is the FCAMP uh, designation. So what are your thoughts about pursuing that? And how do you think that would affect uh, an individual overall in terms of their um, clinical skills and their business skills? Or do you think that as an FCAMP therapist, mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts about recommending that route? Yeah, I get that question a lot. Um, I will say that going through the process, because it's a long process, it's like mm -hmm. about five years to finish the whole thing. Um, I met so many good people. I have made so many connections. I actually, I don't think I'd be where I am now without doing those level twos, because that's how I met the, the, the woman who uh, told me to interview for Synergy and you know the connections made there were second to none and I had so many good friends from going through the program um, so from an interprofessional point of view loved it it was great and I just it was, it was fun like I had fun times like just hanging out it was good but there are if we're talking about like the the clinical side of it like the like the actual meat and bones of everything you're taught I often say to new grads who ask me that there is a lot that I learned that I use but there's probably more that I learned that I don't use and think is irrelevant. I have there is those who will may or may contest that. Um, I know there are some F camps who you know hold the, the system and the curriculum near and dear to their hearts. It's like you know they're very proud of it, and that's fine. I just think um, if we're not fooling ourselves and we're being kind of honest with the, the literature and what we know to be true in terms of what is actually important in terms of building a therapeutic alliance, being able to distinguish between a cervical facet versus an uncle vertebral joint doesn't really matter. The patient doesn't care. And I will argue with any physiotherapist that tell me their outcomes are better uh, because they were able to feel something that I wasn't. That's probably one of the, um, the, the biggest drivers for me early on was are my hands good enough? To, uh, if the patient wasn't getting better, what was I missing? Was it some joint that was restricted that I was not being able to assess properly that the physio down the street would be able to if they went through it? I will tell everyone listening to this podcast now, whether you're a seasoned physio or you're, you're a new grad, it's, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you right now, after eight years of doing this, I'm enough can to finish the whole thing. I think I have a leg to stand on when I say this. Um, be confident in your skills. You've, you're a physio. You got there. You can do it. Don't think that the any that as an FCAMP, I'm better than you. I'm. I don't think I am. I don't think from a from a clinical point of view. I may have a few other ideas, or I might I might have a little bit more um, uh, skill in talking to patients and really helping them understand what's going on in a, in a way that as a new grad would be harder for you to do. But from a meat and potatoes, pivot pavum point of view. Don't stress about thinking that you're that you just have no handling technique because it's not true. I think you asked the question: Would I recommend like a, a new grad to do it? Yeah, and in terms of like, how would it impact your business today? Let's think of it through a business lens. Business point of view. Um, it's a good question. I mean, look, I don't think I know. I know Camped has worked really hard at rebranding. There's a new website, and it looks really nice. Uh, then a good job. Um, with that stuff, so I'm not nothing wrong with that. But I think I can count on one hand how many physios, how many patients have like found me from the camp website and wanted to search me out. And I think like a couple of those were from another physio who knew I was enough camp to go see go see Jesse. Look again, I'll be honest. This may sound kind of um, contradictory, but if someone says to me, "Oh, I'm going to 
Guelph for school? Do you know a good physio? I will go on the Canned website and like look in Guelph because yes, does the program need overhaul in some respects? Definitely. Is a lot of what we're being taught like like hierarchy nonsense? Yes, it is. But I still think any physio that has sucked it out and gone through all the all the loopholes, all, all the the hoops, should I say, of doing the mentorship hours, the exams, the practical, all that stuff, it indicates to me in some way that you're passionate what you do. Like, you want to be better. You want to be good at what you do. Um, I'm not saying those that don't go through it are, any, are, are not, but it's, it's an objective measure that tells me, okay, this person probably has uh, a passion for wanting to get people better, and it's not nine to five for them. So it gives me an objective measure to kind of refer out to them. I often go on their websites, and if they all they are is like manual focus, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to refer you. But if they talk about doing other things. If they're like, if they do, if they talk about exercise and uh, strength training, and even if they bring in things like a little contentious, like the SFMA or FMS, like great cook type stuff, it tells me they're not just you know pigeonholed into their hands manual therapy stuff. Um, because if that's the case, I don't care how. Uh, how long you're in Afghanistan. If that's all you do, all you do is like needle people and crack them, then I don't want to refer anybody to you. So from a business point of view, has a, I don't think it's going to help a lot. I don't think it's, I, I don't think my business would be any less successful if I wasn't in Afghan. The networking just dropped up. a bomb. Um, <laughs> um, from a networking point of view, from a networking point of view, yeah. And look, like I've, I wrote a blog a while ago on like why become an Afghan. I think I entitled it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I write about aspects of the whole ortho division program as a way. Just in my one physio, my opinion. Mm -hmm. There are others who are free to say I'm an idiot or I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I, from doing it, I am now able to comment on it with an authority because I've been through the whole process and I know how it all works and you know, I've been behind the curtain, as it were. Um, I've been to two IFOM conferences in Quebec City and in Glasgow. And I've, I've blogged at both of them. So I've gotten to talk to like Roger Carey, who's an amazing physiotherapist in the UK. Um, uh, Lorimer Mosley, I've, I've, I've spoken to him a few times. And just in going going through the process of being in F-Camp, I think in some way helped me get those um, opportunities. Um, so I can't knock it too much. I, I, it was, it, it's been fun. It's been helpful. Good to hear. Yeah. I'm just going to go back to, I guess, the previous point you talked about. I guess in my previous place, my last placement, I kind of felt um, really bad about myself because, you know, I'd be trying to fill PIVMs and PAs and I really couldn't be feeling it. And I guess to your point... It means you're a terrible therapist. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to your no point, one's going to get better. Um, but just really focusing more on the therapy of the clients and the building the rapport, building that relationship with your patients. I think that's so especially important. Oh yeah. Um, the more I've done, the less I've learned is what I say in terms of, in terms of like the, uh, the hands-on stuff. I think um, I've said this before and I think I'm going to keep saying it for the next little while. The patient will, patients come in to see us uh, with, because they have pain. That's what we think they come in for. Chances are that's not the case. I call they have an intrinsic goal and an extrinsic goal. Their extrinsic goal is their pain. Their intrinsic goal is what that pain prevents them from doing. Mm -hmm. People have pain for years, often, do nothing about it. They say, ah, I live with it, back pain, elbow pain, neck pain, I'll deal with it. The second that pain limits something they want to do, then they're in your office saying, hey, fix me, make this better, I want to do this. You, as a physiotherapist, will win that patient over if you can find that goal or that intrinsic motivation and if, say, say it's, uh, pick something, say it's playing with your grandkids, you can't bend forward, do it anymore, as an example. <laughs> Getting really excited. Uh, as an example, say that's the case. If you, in your first clinical encounter, are able to suss that out because oftentimes they won't even really know. Like they'll be like, my back hurts, hurts, hurts when I bend, hurts when I twist. If you're not, if you don't develop a skill to say, okay, as a question that I often ask all my new patients in different ways, depending on the, if I don't get the answer I want the first time, I'll have to rephrase it. I often ask things like, if I could change your pain right now, if I had a magic wand, I could tap your back and the pain was gone, what 
what would you be doing differently tomorrow that you're not doing today? And for some, a light bulb goes off. And they're like, oh, I would be much more, I want the first thing they tell me, the first thing, they're like, what's the first thing in your head? I want, I, that's the answer I want. And if they say, I want to bend down and play with my grandkids, I write that down, I highlight it, and I will then proceed to ask them, grand, how old are your grandkids? How, like, uh, what, do you, what do you do with them? Like, what do, you, do, you guys, do you guys play baseball together? Do you play hide and seek? I write down all that stuff. And I will harp on it until I think they're getting annoyed <laughs> by that. And then I, I will spend more time writing the subjective portion of my note than anything else. And at every subsequent follow-up, because I now know their intrinsic motivation of coming to see me, is uh, playing with their kids or grandkids. And back pain as a, as a whole is secondary. So I focus on function. Like how we, I always talk about things pertaining to that on their follow-ups. Were you able to play with your grandkids this weekend? How'd that go? Did you go to your grandkids' hockey tournament? And I try and write down their names or ages so I can really resonate with that person. So that patient's like, oh crap, this person, like they won't, the patient won't conceive this in their mind, but they will leave. And I will promise you this, they will leave their initial evaluation, any subsequent follow-up session. They'll never say this out loud because I don't think they consciously perceive it, but they will think this guy gets me. This guy understands what, what I'm doing here, and this person is on my team, and uh, they uh, this person knows what, what I want to get back to, and that will breed that therapeutic alliance and that trust um, that's so vital to outcomes. I think um, the the point the soft skills of what we do, building that therapeutic alliance, going back to that stuff is so vital. Because if you go, if the patient comes back, this is what I'm say. If the patient comes back after their initial, and you ask them just about pain, how's your back pain today? How's your like, give me zero ton scale? I'm sure they'll answer that. But two things wrong with that scenario: one, you're focusing on uh, a negative, you're starting the session off negatively. You're making it a pain-focused experience. You're asking them to ruminate on their pain. So they're gonna they're gonna come to back to the clinic. So they're driving their car to the clinic, taking the bus, whatever. They're gonna think, okay, he's gonna ask about pain. Like, I gotta I gotta I gotta think of something negative to say. Okay. I don't know about all of you, but I like living in the positive. I think I think it's much more fun to talk to a patient about fun things, things that excite them, make them jazzed up. You know, talking about how's your pain today? Tell me how your back pain. That makes things negative. You know they're there because they have pain. Like you can obviously that would be a talking point but it shouldn't be the thing that you just harp on because you're going to lose them they're going to think that you don't get why i'm here yes i have back pain but i'm not i want to be able to bend down and play with my grandkids i want to swing that golf club let's talk about that let's figure out ways to let's figure out uh, how we're going to get back to that all your interventions whether they're hands-on exercise education if they don't foster in to what that patient's intrinsic goal is you lost them you could show them the most amazing exercise in the world if you think if you if you're a, a CSCS kind of guy and you like uh, showing people squats, and you think if I show you how to squat or deadlift, we're gonna strengthen that posterior chain, and damn it, that's gonna help you play with your grandkids. Very well, maybe true, but if you don't explain to that patient exactly what they're doing and why that factors into their goal, they're gonna make this guy's an idiot. I'm leaving, and you're and, the, and then this is what happens to new grads all the time. The patient will drop off. And the guy be like, what did I do wrong? I was doing everything I should be doing. I read the blog about showing people deadlifts and I did everything like Eric Cressy said I should do and the patient left. I'm like, yes, because you weren't taught how to factor that in, how to, how to explain that to the patient in a way that makes sense to them. Um, I think if we can resonate, if we can kind of amalgamate what we think we know by reading all these blogs and articles, which is great stuff, with the actual person in front of us, because patients aren't blog posts, they're people. Quote that. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag that. Hashtag that. Patients are blog Patients posts. are blog posts. Um, <laughs> the, the gram. Yeah, it's gram worthy. Um, no, but seriously, like, I, I'm, I'm really passionate about this stuff because I think uh, we will lose patients and they will not get the benefit or the, the outcomes they deserve um, because they feel that we haven't developed that alliance with them. And uh, that's, again, going back to um, the FCAM stuff. Um, I almost think in some ways the FCAM it takes you away from that a little bit because you're so focused on practicing. Okay. Uh, I know I've level three or level two next week. I really like better feeling this. I got to practice this lock or this glide. And we get so, I think our minds get so focused on that, that we forget that the person doesn't care about that stuff. They, they, they don't, it doesn't matter to them. And again, there'll be F camps. I'll, I'll be messaging me later being like, Oh, it's wrong. But I'll safely say that not only do that patients don't care, I don't think it affects outcomes that much. I really don't. 
Um, I want to shift gears just a little bit um, and talk about uh, your clinic again, the one that you've uh, gotten yeah, into that co-owning. Thing, that thing. That, that thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as you're building the, the clinic, trying to get more people to come in, um, there's a lot of new services you're going to be providing, yeah. uh, similar to the other clinic that was the... Uh, the original clinic. Yeah. Um, how are you going about marketing uh, the services that you have, and um, how are you marketing the clinic brand? Sure. Um, I've done some cool things that I didn't think would be so effective, and they have been mm-hmm. very low cost things too, slash free. Nice. Uh, one thing that I've done that's worked pretty well so far um, that I've been pretty surprised about is on Facebook, the clinics, uh, the new clinic, the one I own, is at Woodbine and Danforth on the east end of the city, right by the Woodbine subway station. Okay. Um, so there's a Facebook group called the Woodbine Danforth Community Group. It has like 11,000 members. And I joined it, and I just decided to like say, hey, everybody, my name's Jesse. I'm the owner of the, the clinic, of this new clinic, Senator Smith. And I wrote like a little like, you know, compelling little blurbs about the clinic, what we do, what we see, how we can help you. Um, and I make it very community focused. I talk about like, we're really happy being this community. I talk about like how much I enjoy going to, like there's like a cafe across the street that I love going to and I make it feel, like, have that community feel. I've done that a few times and every single time I've written a post, it takes five minutes, if that, to do that. I've gotten one or two new patients call the clinic because of that. I've marketed uh vestibular rehab on there just basically all that is i say if you experience dizziness or headaches if you've had a concussion and you can't can't get rid of the the feeling of the room spinning around you uh we have a physio here especially trained in assessing and treating uh something called bpv or vertigo type conditions which might be a result of any number of things that this physiotherapist is highly equipped to to assess and treat and uh i write it in like a very easily digestible kind of paragraph if that no, there isn't any big words and uh i make it uh you know kind of like funny sometimes and again i've gotten great results from that i and that's been zero dollars i i've just recently started doing google adwords too like i've, I've i uh i've done that so we have a little bit of marketing advertising with that it's brand new it's like less than a week in doing that so i guess i'll let you know how that goes um i've done how else i marketed uh, we've done, we did like a big volleyball tournament. Uh, we, I was on staff, like just answering, we had a, like, you know, a table, so I did free treatments. And, um, I think also the sense cliche, but the best way I market is by, um, giving patients an experience. The clinic itself, I think is aesthetically very pleasing. The front desk staff is amazing. Like they, they remember, I'm pretty adamant that everyone's greeted by name. Even the admin staff, I'd say maybe write down a little thing about them that you can think of that you can next time they come in, you can ask them about. So they feel that family kind of vibe. Um, we have like water at the front desk. We have uh, like anything they want. We try and provide for them. Um, so we give away like every patient gets a graduation gift. We have like we have little like synergy mugs that we're giving them now. So what, or I, I just give them people I like. I'm like, I'm like you get a mug, you get a mug, everyone gets a mug. They're like mugs. I'm like yeah. So, so we got it. everyone drinks coffee, right? Yeah. Or tea. So it's like, it has a logo on it. Um, so again, and I am shameless. If I think if I have a patient that I think had a good experience, or if I hit a home run. I've had a couple of patients I've been very fortunate with so far that patients have not gotten better elsewhere. After three or four sessions at my clinic or with me, they've gotten better and they're like, oh my God, I feel, I feel great. Patients will write reviews and then I people, uh, and then, you know, everyone reads reviews. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I've gotten, because of the positive reviews we've gotten, I've gotten more patients from that and mm-hmm. it steamrolls. That kind of thing builds and builds and builds and builds. Obviously, doctor referrals help too. We have a lot of physiatrists that know me. Like I've been, I, that I worked at the other clinic with five physiatrists. They all know me. Mm-hmm. And if anyone was in the East End, they refer to me. So it helps. It's good. And that's one of the reasons, again, I think you're not question why I went with Synergy. Because it's it's been uh, having the that many physicians backing the clinic has been um, helpful. Okay. I'm just going to, we're going to transition to a segment in our podcast where we talk about habits. Um... What are um, certain habits that you found were necessary for you to being successful at um, at your clinic and help you get to where you are today? Habits, habits. Um, 
I would say the, I haven't really thought about this yet. The, the, one of the biggest habits that I'm cultivating still, you know, still doing now, it's not, you know, like fully a habit yet, but I don't look at problems as problems. I look at all problems as opportunities. Um, Sometimes I get stressed, and my admin staff, if, if they ever hear this, like, oh, you get stressed. <laughs> like, you can see it. I try not to, but I'm always thinking, if there's a problem, how do we fix this? Because like, let's figure this out. Like, I don't, I don't, uh, and that's where the book comes in. Like, I, 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 there's a book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and one of the, the habits, I'm going to butcher, like, the name of it, but basically talks about is, like, just how to reframe problems. Like, how to, like, like it's and, and making sure that the answers like and also asking the right questions. Like if there's a problem, like oh, I don't have enough patients coming into the clinic, as opposed to as dwelling on that, I think about how can we get more patients in the clinic. That's the positive spin on that, um, and and just trying to figure out ways to do that. Other habits for me, um, I try to have fun too. Like I do things like this, for example. Like I I love talking about the profession about. What I've done, and um, I also have done like clinical labs at U of T mm-hmm. um, before. Uh, for a couple of years, I've been doing it. All kinds of just physio-related stuff I do because you know I don't want to be a nine to five in my clinic. I can be in my clinic twelve hours a day, and which is I'm doing that now for the most part. But um, I want to. One of my habits, I would say, is just kind of getting out there and just you know doing uh, all the other things that kind of keep keep my passion alive for this profession. Because um, it's an awesome profession. It really is. I think you guys are you're coming in at a good time. It's hard for you guys now because there's so much out there and there's so much to read. And, you know, you can definitely get some analysis, paralysis by analysis by uh, all the stuff that you guys have thrown at you. And actually guys like you are so keen and, you know, you guys are going to be great at what you guys do. I know right away. Um, but uh, to decipher through all of the, uh, the opinions out there is going to be it's going to be a challenge. Um other habits, you know, like the, the the boring stuff. I keep fit. I try to exercise. I find if I um, if I don't do that, at least go to the gym every other day or whatever. I, I'll kind of go insane. Yeah. So that that keeps me uh, keeps me calm, and grounded. Have have my fun time too. Play basketball still. Okay. So uh, gunning for the gold medal. That's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, so is that the book that you would recommend to help someone to learn more about? Um, or improve their business document. Definitely, that, yeah. Definitely. Okay. The, the, the book isn't like about like business per se, but I think every single one of the habits you could use in your business, mm-hmm. just as it's just as easily as you could use it in like your interpersonal relationships. Um, I've, uh, I remember uh, reading the book and I remember like just thinking about how to reframe my thoughts essentially. Cause you can, I think we can get so down and we can get negative mm-hmm. Like we were discussing before, that with uh, all this ad, with all the social media stuff regarding how what we do doesn't work, and how there's people that criticize uh, pretty much every facet of our profession yeah. without really giving alternatives. Uh, I think that can weigh you down a little mm-hmm. bit. But reading books like The Seven Habits of High People will definitely help you kind of take that, but don't help you spin in a way of like again making an opportunity. How can I be? This, how can I be someone to provide value? Do you know what I mean? For example, like. I know I'm talking about right now, but one of the things that I did is after the years of struggling through all these all these social media people telling me everything didn't work and you know like without really giving alternatives, I made a vow. I'm like I never want to be a person that will bash things without giving some sort of positive spin or giving some people um, tangible things they could do the next day at the clinic. So anytime I do a talk or I do a lecture or I write a blog. I always try and make it as uh, applicable as possible. Meaning that if someone's spending an hour listening to this right now, like this podcast, I want them to get, to get something from it. I don't want them to speak in, in, in tongue and speak in like generalities. Mm-hmm. I want someone to be like, that's a, that's a, that's a skill or that's a, that's a technique or a point that I can actually utilize Monday morning in my clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what's your question again? Is that your question? Yeah, well, basically. Yeah. Oh right, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how that's one of the kind of the uh, the the kind of mind shifts that the book Seven Habits yeah. of High People gave me. Yeah. And also just how to like, you know, how to deal with conflict in a in a in a much less like 
I, by definition, people that know me will say this. I'm a very like, I'm a heated person. Like, I will like, I, I used to react very quickly and say, "What do you mean?" And, like, I, I would just, I was kind of, uh, I've kind of really had to take that back. And mm-hmm. no matter how right I think I am, yeah. which is unfortunately all, I think I'm right a lot. <laughs> uh, I always have to like take a second and be like, "Where is this person coming from? Like, what led them to say what they said? Mm-hmm. What, what can I do?" as a person or as an individual or as a business owner to help that person understand my point of view mm-hmm. or what can I do to help understand their point of view better. Mm-hmm. So not reacting, taking a second, stepping out of the situation, regardless of how heated this happened recently. I just had to like, oh, give me five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I had to just walk upstairs in my room, just take a second, just think. Like mm-hmm. just, just think about like everything that just went down and uh, how I can – because you're not going to win an argument by telling someone they're wrong. I mean, very rarely, oh, you're, you're Nate, you're wrong. <laughs> Even though if you feel that way, that's not, that's not, that's not a way to win people over. Mm-hmm. You have to have, have that person believe that you understand exactly what their point of view is and come to a mutually agreeable solution. Mm-hmm. It takes a little more time, and oftentimes you got to humble yourself a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think if you want to be a successful in business, you got to kind of get on that horse. Interesting. All right. That's uh, yeah. a great podcast. Thanks, Thanks so much Thank for you. all the uh, the tips that you've read in the, the book. Um, I, I've read a um, bit of it already, so I know it's, it's a pretty good book. I know that um, one of the other PTPC boys here have read it too. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are... I, I want to say one more thing, guys. Yeah. I just want to say, and I'm interrupting you, but no. for all the people listening right now to the, to the podcast... I think what you guys are doing is incredible. When I when I first saw like the Instagram uh, and the, the the Facebook and the website, I was blown away. I'm like, these guys get it. Uh, that you found a niche that has not been tapped yet. And as physiotherapy students, I think what you, seriously, what you guys are doing is, I don't like you know. I think as a, my time is valuable, like as everyone's is, and if you guys wanted me on, like absolutely, I'm honored to be here because you guys are um, honored to have you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think. Uh, what you guys are doing is like going to be, is going to carry forward. And it's really, I think you're going to be so amazed where this kind of thing is going to take you for years to come. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you guys. I think that, I think the opportunities <laughs> that you're going to have going forward are going to be amazing. And you guys just, no one told you to do it. No one forced you guys to do this. You guys got all the equipment, all the technology and spend on your own time and your busy students. Like physio school is no joke. And you guys are spending time editing. And yeah, I think, uh, um, as a, a physio who started his own little website that sits back in 2011, just seeing what you guys are doing today, I'm super happy for you guys. So keep it Thank up. You. Thanks for the kind words, really. We'll, we'll definitely need to Appreciate have you it. back for a couple more episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse series. Yeah. But um, yeah, so just for our viewers, um, where can we find you on social media? My clinic website, like I said, is stenardiesportsmedicine.com. Instagram, just Jesse Physio, all one word. And I have a Facebook page, Jesse Physio. Just if you Google Jesse Physio, uh, and my website, jessephysio.com, um, it's pretty, that's it. Just Google that, you'll find everything there is to know about me. Okay. All right. Thanks so much again for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Take care, guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the PTBC Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at info at ptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time.